0: Hello, everyone, or anyone who's listening. Uh, I'm back out here cleaning up stalls again. <coughs> Smoke way too much. I need to quit eventually. some point, maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, out here cleaning up stalls. This is the I Don't Know What I'm Doing podcast because all the way up until a few years from now, I'm sure when I'm still doing this thing randomly when I clean out stalls every every few days. Um, they're not really that bad because the animals mainly go out in, the, uh, in their paddocks. So uh, sometimes I come out and clean up and not do a podcast. Sometimes I come out and clean up and do a podcast. So, again, you'll hear animals in the background. Don't be alarmed. Um, you'll hear me shoot some animals every now and again, too. So, yeah. Uh, so we have some major additions to the farm now. We have uh, about three... About three chickens, and, uh, and a new baby on the way. I guess they call it what are they? What are they calling them now? COVID babies or something like that? Because the baby was conceived during the COVID quarantine. Hey, you be nice to the chicken. He's getting jealous of those chickens kicking him out of his stall. He seems a little curious of them. Hey, you leave them alone. Max, our large Holstein jersey mix, likes to play with some of the animals. He doesn't realize how big he is. Uh, I remember a few things I talked about on my first podcast and talking about how we'll go over different subjects and different things. I think today maybe we'll go over uh, my life. So, sorry, cow just won't leave the chickens alone. Good boy, Rusty. It's our horse coming over to adjust his behavior. Hey, leave those chickens alone. So, talk a little bit about my, about my history and where I came from, grew up in a suburban neighborhood just outside of Boston my whole life and didn't really have much, uh, by the way, of rules. I mean, sometimes I guess I did have rules and think majority of the time I did not have any rules. So there was nobody to tell me not to do things or unless it was seriously bad. So that just, what that formed was the attention seeking using bad behavior. Because that's the only time when somebody would, not necessarily talk to me, but that's the only time when people would kind of really notice me heavily is when I did something bad. So that translated into constant bad behavior. I got the attention that I craved my mom had depression really bad and I made it very difficult to uh, get her attention unless again bad behavior was done so I uh, constantly getting in trouble always had a bad attitude about everything and I'm always getting suspended from school and all types of stuff. Always bad things, always bad things, always doing bad things. I never really had a conscience for a long time. There wasn't anything really in my head that kind of said, you know, that's bad, don't do that. That's going to get you in trouble, don't do that. I kind of just did it. And then the reactions is what I was looking for. And that's what I got. (coughs) So, yeah, there's that. Uh, So, so, hi Zora. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I'm just kind of talking about myself and about my life. Yeah, so I found, I found marijuana and I found drugs really fast because the kids that used drugs were always uh, nice to me and they never judged me or were mean to me or anything like that. So those were the kids I flocked towards. And, um, those I think kids that grew up in a rough rough way i'll always find drugs because those kids that do the drugs are the ones that don't judge you they don't care where you came from or where you're going they just want to be your friend and you have drugs in common usually you wind up having a lot of the same interests outside of drugs so yeah those are the kids i flocked towards and started smoking weed a lot about seventh grade and and it was just kind of inevitable that more drugs would ensue and more and more drugs and cocaine and I tried heroin once when I was younger and it's kind of like the way it felt but I was always following the crowd and basically did what everybody else did. So i sure if everybody else was using a lot of heroin it probably would have used a lot back then, but and cocaine was really the big thing in the early 2000s. Uh, I'm 35 now. Born in 1984. Sorry it's so loud. I'm pushing the, pulling the wheelbarrow. You gotta pick up the poop and pull it out to the back as far down the property as I can go and dump it and come back, and pick up more, and go back and dump, and it's, it's a very long process to say the least, so, and once you go back, you gotta put, get the animals out, cause they're always going in, wondering what you're doing, what you're up to, ah, uh, where's that going, Yeah, and I know I said this before, before I say it a bunch, I'm going to lose my place and my thought, just because I'm all over the place. Out. Out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, childhood was fucked up, Uh, which, like anything, usually leads to a fucked up adulthood. I, I was in high school. I found this poster of, of like every drug known to man and I decided I was just gonna go down and do every one so I just did every drug I could find and get my hands on I've done everything for, except uh, peyote absinthe and meth I'm sure had they been around when I was using drugs heavily I uh, I'm sure I would have done them <laughs> I'm sure I definitely would have done them. So, yeah. I think I'm going to take a break for a second and fix these headphones because they're flopping around. I feel like I'm going to want to pull them out of my freaking ear. Let's give this a pause for a second. All right, so we're back now. Uh... <clears throat> ugh, it stinks like poop in this freaking barn. But it's a barn, barns are where animals poo, so when they need to be cleaned out, clean them out every day, but every so often they need a, you know, I'm out here, like, scooping up poop and stuff like that, but every so many weeks they need a nice, deep, full, full deep cleaning, and it seems to be the only time I can get time to myself and get a... Get a podcast going. So that's why I'm doing this. Uh oh. I always kinda of saw the podcast thing. I always heard on the radio, iHeartRadio, so I was like, eh. I heard people do them. So we can give it a try. Doubt anybody will ever listen to me, but it's whatever. Maybe we'll have a surprise guest on in the future. <laughs> My wife would more than likely be the guest. Of, I don't really know anybody famous, so not really know anybody. I don't know anybody famous, so when I mean surprise guest, it would probably just be my wife or an animal. Maybe an animal. If you got want to talk to an animal? You can hear them talk. I don't know. I'm just being weird at this point. Uh, yeah. So. Childhood was fucked up, lots of drugs, lots of crime. only crimes I ever committed was they're all malicious destruction of private property. Just me, always. Uh, Just breaking stuff. Anything I can get my hands on, I broke. You know. But I was also smart, you know. I eventually... I invented a lot of things. There was a lot of cool things I invented, you know, because I always like to figure out how things worked. I wish somebody, you know, cherished that part of me, or nurtured it, and you know, stimulated me more. Maybe I could have mounted to something. But then again, I wouldn't have the life I have now. So who knows? Maybe this is this was where I was destined to be. This was the life I was destined to live. You know, wouldn't have my kids and my wife, my beautiful wife and all these animals and rescuing and helping innocent people, helping innocent animals, find a new life and, you know, get some, get love. They probably desperately needed it. So there's that. Uh, Um... Uh, yeah. yeah, I always wanted to be a billionaire Own my own company And do business type stuff That was kind of always my dream And then I went to college For it And I was going for my bachelor's degree And then uh, my daughter was born So Sorry about that. Uh, Then my daughter, my daughter was born, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything kind of changed. I just didn't want to be in school anymore. Sorry. Again, I'm doing this with headphones while I'm cleaning up a barn, so it's gonna get muffled. Sounds gonna be jacked up. That is what it is. It's my only private time where I could talk to nobody and just talk on this thing. Tell you all about who I am and what's up and maybe we will do some funky things later on. I don't know. I have no idea how even these things freaking work. I don't know. I just know that you hit record and you talk and maybe eventually somebody will listen. Or maybe I could listen to them when I, you know... 35, so maybe when I'm in my 40s, I can listen, go back, and listen to them, and be like, "Oh man, that was a cool life." So, that's the case, future Chris. I hope things worked out for you, and I hope things have gone the way you wanted. I you know you probably want something more, and I'm sure you wish you could just tell me to stick it out and hold on a little bit longer, cause things get better. I'm sure, that's what you telling me, or could be telling me to get, get the fuck out now, well you can, because you're going to dig yourself in deeper, who knows, who knows, who knows, but I'm going to go with the stick it out, because I'm sure a lot of people wish they could tell their past self to just stick it out a little bit longer, things do get better, right, poop all over me. So yeah, here we are. Um yeah, my childhood was, was fucked up. You know. It is what it is. And then, uh drugs turn into more drugs and more drugs and more drugs and hanging out with sketchy people doing sketchy shit to do more drugs and you know, I worked jobs, I had every job under the sun, I pumped gas for a long time and and then uh, I joined the Army Infantry, the National Guard. And uh, that was nice. It was right. nice because I got to stay home, and, but I still got to go and play Army. You know, got a nice, decent paycheck. It wasn't like a ton of money, but paid, you know, once a month, two weeks a year. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like it was a bad thing. And then... Uh, uh, that was 2007 Yeah, I graduated high school in 2003 Did, did a bunch of more drugs Worked a bunch of different jobs Did some more drugs Took acid every day for like 3 months straight It was crazy Yeah that was, that was a crazy thing Maybe we can save that for a whole another episode And then uh Yeah I joined the army in 2007 And, and then um shoot to 2009, I got the word that everybody was, that a different unit here in Mass was deployed to Afghanistan, so I said, hey, you know, I kind of have an understanding of where my future is going to go, and I'm not going to have a good job that has good benefits and good pay, and stuff like that, so I should probably do it, and that way I can get my veterans benefits and VA and health care for life, so I signed on the dotted line, wanted to go, totally eager, 100% ready to go, and I uh, started training for about a year, and then uh, we left in 2010, mobilized, and, and uh, yeah, it was scary. You know, it was definitely scary I wanted to cry that The day that we were waiting to get on the plane And I was gonna go Overseas to a place i have never been And rumors that guys died After being there for like two days And all that stuff So of course you're scared as fuck they lying if I told you I wasn't scared You know Of course I was scared I mean, tells you they're not scared is a fucking bullshit liar we were prepared as prepared can be, you know. But you're still scared. You're entering the unknown. You don't know what you're in store for. But, the, you know, that fear escapes you as soon as you realize that you got your guys there with you. Sorry, I'm grabbing the <coughs> shavings out of the trailer. Um, put shavings down on the ground for the animals to lay on at night. Uh, yeah. I mean, we touched down in Afghanistan. It's a two week process and and uh it wasn't that bad, you know. It Wasn't like the heat was fucking horrible. We were there during the winter, so it really wasn't all that bad. Considering, you know, some guys show up right in the dead of fucking summer fucking burning their asses off. Yeah, and we kind of got the left seat right seat thing where you you know you jump in a truck with a few guys they kind of show you around you do a mission with them you get an understanding of you know what your job is there and after about two weeks they take off and they go and they're getting ready to go home and they're all excited to go home and you're semi excited to be there you know but again it's still the unknown you the best in the world but there's still an, an unknown factor still a not knowing whether or not you're going to make it home but that usually subsides after a while and you know you just move on you deal with it and you drive on it's kind of our family motto we've, we've developed over here on Blackbird Farm was you accept it for what it is you deal with it and you drive the fuck on Yeah, and uh, and first mission out was, was nice, it wasn't that bad. Temperature outside wasn't all that hot, and it was good, it was good stuff, you know. We had a lot of fun, we had a, we had a blizzard hit back here in Mass back in 2010 2011. We also had a blizzard. Uh, over there, so that put us out of work for a few days. So that was nice. Uh, we were there during the winter of 2010-2011, so definitely out! Out! Come on! Out! So, yeah, that was nice. It's like being back at home. We were 5,000 feet above sea level. Some points, you know, nine, ten thousand feet up. We're at this famous pass where I guess the Afghans took the Russians, called Dob Pass, Zabul Province, Afghanistan. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of rich history in our province too. And you know, we had a, a giant castle. Alexander the Great was once had. We got to walk around up there and see that, and that was, you know, that was pretty cool. And, and you know, we left it better than it was when we first arrived. You know, we did a lot of good work there, helped a lot of women and children, and we held all first Women's Day in our province, and we, we uh. Which was weird. That day that that happened was really freaky because I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, I was a I was a gunner, so I was up top in the turret, you know, the the gun nest, and and uh, it was just weird because I'm looking around. I'm like, just call it over the radio. I'm like, hey, is there something I don't know about? And they're like, the Air Force engineers who were kind of in charge of making sure that every you know all the projects within our province were done correctly. Yeah. Come over the radio and they're like, Oh yeah, this, today's all first women's day and I'm thinking like, well, I kind wish somebody fucking told me. So I'm not sitting here wondering, you know, am I about to die because fucking there's women everywhere. Which usually, you know, they're not about killing they're not kind of about that. They're not really about killing their own women as much as they hate them or treat them with shit like shit. They're not that's kinda of not really their thing. As far as I can remember. Yeah. And, uh. <coughs> so. You know, we played video games a lot, but we didn't go on missions every single day. You know, I have over 300 combat missions under my belt, but. You know, the funny thing with overseas is that. Every time you go in and out the wire, that's cons, you know, in and in, on and off your base, it's considered a mission. And one time, I like, I went seven times in one day once, you know, we had to keep escorting people on for meetings and going back and going out and picking them up in the city and bringing them back. And, you know, we had to pick up a U- U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan so he could see what we were doing and a whole bunch of different things. But it was you know it wasn't that bad I didn't, we didn't lose any guys to any firefights and stuff like that. I was always a day late and a dollar short for a lot of the, that stuff and very fortunate a lot of guys come back a lot more scarred than I was. I know a lot of guys that that came back and their police officers and stuff they have a lot of the survivors guilt and survivors remorse and, A lot of people told me one time, you know that it's okay to have survivor's remorse But you want to live your life to the fullest Because they don't get a chance to so you live your life not just for you, but you live your life for them, too That Kind of stuck with me so I'm trying to do that as best I can you know, I want to You know Help always been a craving and me to help. That's why it was nice that you know, be it God, high power, whatever you want to call it, you know, or spirit or whatever, some type of higher power, you know, made sure that the job I was doing over there was a good job, you know, and it was, you know, we helped people and we helped. Bridge projects and river projects and a lot of projects What we did was we As this infantry unit, we would just pull security while, uh, while the Air Force engineers would assess bridges and dams and culverts the so things are going to the road and uh Sorry, I'll be adjusting the mic on this thing a hundred times actually Take a second it's gonna get really muffled and really jacked up. I gotta take off my sweater. I'm starting to sweat like a pig and shit. Sorry, Zora. No offense. No offense. There we go. I know, Zora. I was just kidding. Oh no, that's you, cow. There we go. Ugh. Much better now. I can breathe. Taking my taking my hoodie off there. So, oh, I wish I grabbed a drink. I'm starting to get thirsty. Yeah, you know we did a lot of good projects. Handing out clothes and shoes and stuff to little kids. Man, that's some fucking positive ass shit. That's some really really good shit. Going bananas over here! Hey, what are you doing? Why are you attacking my wall? He's getting frisky or something. I feel like maybe he wasn't castrated. Yeah. I think his suspicion he might not have been castrated. He possibly could have. I don't know. He's—we got him from a friend of ours. She needed a place at home for him to go, so we took him over. Um. I don't know what the fuck I was just saying. Oh yeah, with the kids and stuff. You know? And it was nice. And I think that's why I have a you know, kind of a underlying issue with, with kids and protecting kids. It's always kinda of been there. You know, I was working at Sears once when I was younger and I had a merchandise pickup and and uh Yeah, and I come downstairs to go grab shopping carts and stuff. I was young. It was a good job for a young guy. And I was going downstairs as I come down the escalator. <coughs> as I come down the escalator, this guy he's got his probably I don't know, maybe five, four or five-year-old in it on his shoulder, and he pulls her around to the front of him and just starts wailing on her, punching her with a closed fist like I get. I was like. 15 years ago, more than that, probably 20 years ago. I can still remember, you know, and kind of things like that, they just don't don't just go away. Uh, Yeah, so I went and testified against them in open court and as a witness and stuff. I just don't like, I don't like people hurting kids. In Afghanistan, you know, they take care of the kids, but they don't intentionally try and like kill them. They will if they have to. They are not really thinking of processing any information at the time they fucking pull themselves up and shit. They only have a one track mind. They don't really television don't really see much of anything except what the task is they need to complete. Killing themselves, obviously. Uh, so yeah, so they were kids roaming the streets everywhere and always screaming, Mr. Mr. Chocolate Pen, Mr. Mr. Pen. Kids freaking love pens over there. You know, The simple things. Things that kids over here take for granted. And I think that's, you know, kind of why it was so hard. Because I wish they could understand how good they have it over here compared to these kids. We have nothing, and all they wanted was a pen, a fucking pen. It made the kid day, made the kid's day. A simple pen, some chocolate, you know, small things they don't have. So the kids obviously loved us, but they also saw us as a as a toy, you know. Throw rocks at us and shit like that. I can't blame them. When I was a kid, I used to throw rocks at the at police guys, you know. I was a kid. I was a punk. Not any rules. Nothing, you know. The laws are all based off their religion, so it's a lot different. And uh That's why I never really blamed them for being a little punks. Because I was a punk. Yeah. I don't even know how long this episode's gonna be. Probably long. Like I said I doubt anybody will ever even listen to it. I'm sure I'll be the only one that will actually put ears to it. I don't think I'll wind up listening to it in its entirety until I'm much, much older. Thinking back about you know the days when life was all right, or or rather, when I thought life was hard. Put it that way. Because I'm sure once I get older I'll be like, You thought life was hard then? You have no idea. How much, how hard life is now. It's a long, long time from now, though. Long, long time. Uh, Oh. Max is getting super frisky. Yeah, uh. So... Yeah, the kids, man, they're like fucking, they're just kids, so innocent, they don't know any better, they love going to school, you know, we build, we helped orchestrate the building of an all-girls school, an all-boys school, and, you know, all those things, The things that kids over here take for granted every day. Zora. Zora, come on. Zora, out. Come on. Come on, out. I'm trying to clean it up. This isn't even your area. Come on, piggy. Come on, piggy. All right. Oh, the cows suck. There's so much shit. Right. Clean, and I clean, and they clean, and they just shit and piss. On everything In everything It's just what they do Um, Yeah So You know That was my extent. I I know it's kind of short I'm sure I'll Dig into more detail Later I'm sure I'll say I'll dig into more detail later I don't know what I'm doing I don't even know why I'm on here I don't know I don't know Saying that shit all the time I probably will Dig further into them With other later episodes I'm sure I won't Or I'll forget And it won't really matter Because I'm just all over the fucking place That's what I should call this podcast I'm fucking all over the place That's what it should be called I'm fucking all over the place We're only about 25 minutes in so I don't even think anybody would even listen to this fucking more than two minutes and they'd be like, I oh, don't this this is fucking stupid. This guy's fucking dumb. This is lame. But it's fine, it's whatever. No fucks given on my part. I'm just fucking talking. Yeah. Well, when I came home from Afghanistan, you know, we were told that it can take up to seven years before you readjust to normal normal life. Or, I was like, I think I'll be fine. Then you come home, and you're like, oh, shit, it's a fucking shock. Everything is a shock. You're like, oh, I'm not getting up at fucking 2.30 in the morning anymore. I can actually get a good night's sleep. And you get your first good night's sleep, or at least what you think is a good night's sleep, is probably only an extra hour to what you're fucking normally used to. You get up, and you, you go outside, and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Everybody's telling you, oh, you gotta get a job. You gotta get an apartment. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. I got a job and I was like, I can do this. I got a job. I was a security guard and I got an apartment and things were going good. And then real PTSD kicked in and I started isolating myself and I was really confused and then drugs were like, oh, hey, you know, you have us you can always can always use us we're a good tool we've been nice to you before we'll be nice to you again so on came the drugs lost my job within within a few months a sheriff came and evicted me from my apartment within a few months and pills and more pills and Percocets on Percocets on Percocets and was it too long before heroin people were like oh you can shoot pills you get higher faster so I started shooting pills injecting them and then people I was like oh heroin's cheaper always oh, say I'll never use heroin well that went away real fast and heroin came on and it wasn't long before you know, I was homeless and... Living out at homeless shelters and... Shooting heroin... Shooting heroin... And... Then I got kicked out of a homeless shelter for having a syringe and... Then I found another one that didn't search you. There was specifically for veterans. And... You know... I actually wanted to get my shit straight. I'm sure it would have been a good place to live, but... Like I said, I was, all, I was on drugs, and drugs were the main concern. It's not long before you find other people in there that also do drugs, and, and do you get some more drugs, and, and share drugs, and, and you share needles. And that's how I got hepatitis. And luckily, thank God, I'm cured from that. The VA has all the medicine to cure you of that. So lucky in that respect. Yeah. And then uh, I remember one day, walking downtown Boston. That's where I'm from, Massachusetts. If you can't already tell her, if I have already said it. <laughs> and uh, I was walking downtown. Yeah. I'm just sick. I'm tired. i like, I can't do this shit anymore. I can't keep fucking... Day in, day out. So then um Yeah, then I said, you know, God, whoever's listening, uh my Aunt Wendy, she passed away from I think I said that before when I explained a few things. She passed away from uh brain cancer that she got from AIDS when she was only twenty six back in ninety five. I feel like she's like my guardian angel or something. So I said, you know, Whoever's listening, I can't do this anymore I need help I can't do it you know just don't put me in jail you know I was like put me in the hospital or something and about two weeks later I went up in the hospital with meningococcal meningococcal meningitis and in my blood and suffered two strokes and. Yeah, it was bad. I don't even remember going in. It was like I call it the fateful Friday. I don't even remember going in. And then, uh, yeah, they were they were like, oh, it's gonna be three years before you need open heart surgery to get your valve replaced in your heart. Oh, hit the wall. wheelbarrow back So yeah so like oh you got three years before you're gonna need heart surgery so you know you really need to take this serious and I was like oh I can get everything on my own I can do everything on my own I don't need anybody's help but that was just addiction talking that was just the addiction 100% the addiction saying you know anything you can they get me to go back out and use, because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to quit, you know? I wasn't ready to stop. I was ready to let my addiction control what I was what I was thinking, what I was doing. And I had no idea, because I was naive. I didn't know. I know. And then uh, back out on the street I went. Staying at my aunt's house, using, going in, in and out of Boston taking the train and the shuttle buses and stuff, and just sh- shooting more heroin and shooting more heroin. and because and, uh, I wasn't taking my medication to get the yeast down, the yeast have yeast in my blood. Uh, I wound up having suffering another stroke about two years later. I suffered another stroke. I feel like I already talked about this. I'll probably I can't remember shit. I did a lot of drugs and I've really fucked my brain up. Uh PTSD really fucked me up. You know, coming home and all that, so I can't remember a lot of shit. I'm sure at least fucking five of these episodes are all gonna fucking be the same. So just me talking about shit. Uh Yeah, so I went to the hospital, they they said, Oh you had a stroke and you rush you we need to rush you in We need to rush you to the you know to emergency room as soon as possible. You've had a really, really bad stroke, rush me in, they're like They're like, Oh, you know, you could die You could die, you need to get your shit straight and as soon as I showed up in the, uh, enough. Hey, as soon as I showed up to hospital, to start getting medications and stuff like that. There's a kid across from me shooting up heroin and uh, yeah, he's shooting up heroin and right across from me. a cigarette Uh, yeah and he asked me like hey do you want some?" And without even hesitation man I was like there wasn't even hesitation in my mind I was just like no and at that point I was just like oh alright I guess we can't stop and that was me you know that was me that was saying that that was finally when the me me came out the addiction was gone For that second, you know. And uh, from that point forward, I was like, all right, let's give this a try. Let's let's fucking actually take this serious and let's fucking get clean. I was like, let's, you know, do whatever we can. You know. Also, forgot to mention that when I said I could get clean on my own, Back in 2013, I uh, I was like, oh, I can get clean on my own. Thank you, God, for doing that for me. And I thank her, whoever. And I was like, hey. And they were like, whoever it is, God or whoever. We'll just call it God for now. It's just easier. We'll call it, you know what? We'll call it my aunt. My aunt was like, you know, my aunt Wendy passed away. No, you know what? We'll call it God because it's a lot easier for you guys to understand if I just say God. You'd be like, oh, what aunt? So yeah, what is this magical art that does these magical things for you? And i to have to explain it again, and it's just easier this way. So I think God was like uh, he was like, "Oh, you said you could get clean on your own. I gave you a chance, and you failed. And look at, now you're back at square one again, begging for my help. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give you my help if you want it. I'm gonna get help get you clean. I'm set you up on the right path for success. But there's always a but. What if that weren't with God or higher power, there's always a but. There's always something else that, you know, that they gotta add in there. So he was like, but you suffered a stroke. You were blind for a day. About twenty-four hours was blind. Couldn't see shit. Uh, He's like, but I'm going to put a little black dot in the center of your vision. And it's there. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else knows it exists. That's what he's saying. He's like, I'm going to put this here so that you can always have a reminder every day to believe in me and to trust in me because I know the way. And you don't. (laughs) You can't do things on your own. You do need need me. And if you use again, I'm going to make show sure, things are a lot worse so now I have this little black dot in my eye I see it every day it doesn't affect me driving doesn't affect me walking doesn't affect me in any way except I see it every day every day I wake up every day I go to sleep twenty four two twenty four seven three sixty five it's always there and uh you know it's not a thorn in my side it doesn't hurt me doesn't do anything. Nobody else can see it except for me. Like I said, it doesn't affect anything. I can still do normal things. I can still work. I can still drive. It's just there. It's a constant daily reminder. that will never go away. It's just God's way of saying, like, my aunt, whatever. His way of saying, you know, get your shit straight. You know, I've been given a lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities I had a lot of things gone right for me you know my whole life ever since my aunt passed away things have always just kind of fell into place things kind of always just worked out you know that's why I think she's definitely looking over looking over me because they just things just fall into place all the time things just always work out. It's very strange, I know. You know, as long as I keep the faith and I trust and I just do digging day out, just keep going, pushing along, doing what I think is right, but not what my addiction thinks is right, you know, then I'm great. I'm giving good things. I try to put a lot of good out too, you know. I don't talk about the good things I do because there's no need to. I don't talk about going and bringing eggs to to people's house, to a woman's house under the COVID thing, dropping them off at her doorstep so that she has something to eat and going and buying her masks and doing all these things because there's no need to. I don't post it in a public setting. I'm sure saying it now doesn't mean make two, two shits of a difference, but... I just don't, because I don't, go, there's no need to gloat about doing good things, good deeds. That's, that's why they're good deeds, you know, and, uh, you know, so, you know, so yeah, I had to had that, and and uh. Called, yeah, so I got that every day. I have to see and witness. It's not a big deal, it's whatever, just kind of helps me, you know. Like, for instance, like I was doing the climbing for a uh, concert industry, I've done built every just about every uh, concert at Fenway Park in the last four years. I did crashed ice thing where they ice skate down. At Fenway Park, I built that whole thing. Obviously not by myself with help, but I did build it. And, uh, yeah, so I was doing that and I was rescuing cats from trees because I had, I felt comfortable in a harness and rigging and hanging from heights and stuff. So I started rescuing cats because my neighbor's cat was stuck in a tree out back of our apartment. So I got the cat down, posted it on Facebook and was like, hey, my help helping Middleboro, which is like the Middleboro Town Facebook page. And uh and I was like, hey whose cat is this? And next thing I know, I start getting a lot of calls for cats stuck in trees. So I was like, all right, I'll do it free charge. I'm not gonna charge anybody to rescue that cat. You know, I didn't have health insurance and shit like that. I just used the VA. So that went on for a long time. and Then I built a Facebook page to try and help get the word out about my ability to help people. And then uh, it wasn't long before I, was, I became cocky. You know, people were giving me money. And I was looking forward to getting the money from people. I thought of it as a side hustle because I didn't ask for any money, but people would give me money anyways. And um my my mindset changed on it and I went from doing it because it was the right thing to do to doing it because I wanted money. And that's when God or whoever, my aunt or whoever, was like, uh, I'm gonna you're you're getting a little cocky there and you're going too fast and you're becoming too comfortable, so I'm gonna slow you down. And i did this one cat rescue in Quincy, Mass, where I should have had my equipment on and I didn't, and I just ran straight up the tree and it's only about 12 feet and fell and broke my broke my collarbone. And then uh, yeah, I stopped rescuing cats. I passed it off to this other guy who's a thousand times better than me and who actually does it. He charges about 60 bucks. That's, he said he does it for gas and as insurance, which is completely understandable. That's totally justifiable, you know. So, yeah, I backed off from it because I wasn't—I stopped doing it for the right reasons. You know, God has a way of making sure that you do things for the right reasons, and I wasn't doing it for the right reason anymore. You know? So He took me away from it. Uh yeah, and then this was all last year, two thousand yeah, nineteen, Into twenty nineteen. uh right after my birthday actually. Uh, November twenty November twentieth I think it was. Right before yeah, right before my birthday. Uh yeah, so that slowed me down and stopped me and then I also uh was out of work for the whole winter. But I couldn't work Then I finally was able to get back to work doing some stuff here and there and my shoulder was better and then uh COVID happened so I had to the content industry stopped dead in its tracks and I said alright well I need to find a fucking other job <laughs> I need to find something to make an income I don't, You know, I do have my disability payments from the VA uh, for the PTSD and stuff, but, you know, I still need more money. I have a farm and a family and a house and a lot of money that gets spent, so I need more money coming in. I don't want to be house poor. That's not a a way to live, you know. So I've got another job. You know, I figured, hey, I'm good at... Climbing. I'm good at doing this. Let's find something that has some benefits, some health benefits. And that's when I found the towers. You know, cell towers and stuff. Because that was, you know, a good fit. Felt like that was a good fit for me. Because I knew how to climb and, and I enjoy it. I enjoy being up in the air. It doesn't bother me. Uh, and I get used to hanging, free hanging. <laughs> You're like literally just I mean you got your safeties on and shit like that, but still kinda just hanging there. That's kind of the part that I just gotta get used to. And that's just trusting your equipment, you know. Trusting that it's gonna hold you. I've been getting a lot better with it. I'll get better and better over time. Like I said before that I I I have this uncanny ability to pick things up real easy. So, yeah, then Let's shoot to today. It was like a few weeks ago I got that new job. And, and I like it. I like it a lot. I like the people I work with. I like the hours. It you know, pays decent. 20 bucks an hour is not that bad. You know It's nice. It's, it's, it's good. It's good work. And now we get better and better over time. And more and more comfortable. And then God will say, slow down. Do something to scare me and slow me down again, like usual. And uh, well, I wouldn't say necessarily be back to square one, but just be back to living life by God's rules. freaking cows got this poop in there, good. yeah yeah a lot of things i i feel like I'm always am a pessimist i know, not a pessimist I'm an optimist, you know, so I always feel like this. you know life could be worse, and things could definitely be worse. you know there's a lot of people right now that work the concert industry that aren't that aren't able to put food on the table for their for their kids and I to have to feed their families because they don't have enough money. They don't have a job anymore because the concerts are done for at least a year. And Sarah and I are very lucky, you know, we're very very lucky that we have our pensions to back us. And that money will never go away, so that's what's keeping the that's what was keeping the bills paid and the lights on and all that. So we're very very fortunate in that respect and you know yeah, things happen for a reason I left Afghanistan I did you know some good I left it better than when I first arrived and I was able to get my disability payments in order to cover us you know because for it's my, for my family and <coughs> oh Jesus it stinks in here I need to take a break for a second It is stinky Oh well, I guess that window won't stay open well, That's that <laughs> Step outside and get a breather Maybe I'll dump this cart um, yeah, I don't know where I was going uh, so yeah we're very fortunate very lucky very, very lucky to uh to be in the position we're in. A lot of people are fighting to have a job and earn money, and I was able to get one pretty fast, get some money rolling in. $20 an hour, right now limited to 40 hours a week, and we're getting lots of overtime to come, you know, come after COVID is, get you know, after we're giving the all clear to start working more and more and more, and, you know, so things will look up, you know, time will change, and, you know. Maybe this is just the beginning of a, of a job for me. Maybe this isn't the, the one I'll be sticking with for a long time. I don't see why it shouldn't. You know. It's a good job. Good people. It's fucking great benefits. Especially compared to where I'm coming from. Because the content industry, there's no fucking there's no 401k. There's no fucking health benefits. There's no fucking, none of that shit sure I could get on their health plan, but, you know, we could with that do me it now. A new job's got kind of. 401k, yeah, they matched 25% or 75%, something like that, I don't know, but they match in my, how oh, much, how oh, much every money, yeah. and uh, I thought, you'll get that stuff for 90 days, health benefits, I like Blue Cross Blue Shields, a lot of that stuff to kick in for 90 days which i understand you know they want to make sure that you actually want to work there you're not just there for the benefits which i do want to work I, you know and i want the benefits you know? they're a good company they train well they, you know and it's a lot of fun it's like being back in the military you know three to five man teams We we got the trucks ready in the morning and we load up and then we go. Get the job done and we come home. Very, very similar to my time in Afghanistan. So, I don't really know much else to talk about. I feel like I haven't really talked about much i sure I've talked about more than I don't know But yeah, you know My life isn't that bad You know, we have it very easy here We're very, very lucky And very, very fortunate I think a lot of that has to do with my aunt she Passed away, I think it definitely does I think she's looking out for me And she's protecting me And keeping me safe, you know Definitely feel like my My mom, like a Looking like a a fucking reverse hops on me when I left for Afghanistan because, you know, now I have even more looking out for me. And I just hope it gets passed on to my kids. Or maybe there's something I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Helping animals, helping people, you know. It's always felt like a calling to me. People. You know, I always felt the need to, and I always felt the need to never gloat about it. You know, you do things because it's the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You don't need to tell anybody. You know, yeah. You know, say, oh look what I did. Oh, you know, post on social media like, oh I helped this lady cross the road. She's so old. Look, I took a selfie with her. And I yeah? Shelly T. Yeah. can do that. <clears throat> Let's do it together. <sighs> so Yeah. Almost almost done cleaning up the barn. The cows are always the, the cow stall is always the worst. <clears throat> Fuckers. Shit and piss so much, right, well, I'm not saying like so much like <clears throat> so frequently, I'm saying like so much like in one amount, one sitting it's like, jeez, yeah, I mean the cows, yeah, oh you say, oh, well, dude, the cows, obviously they're huge, obviously they have big poops and big peas, I know that, I'm well aware of that, I own two of them, What I'm saying is that there's just a lot, there's a lot of them there's a lot. <laughs> And it's only me that's out here that cleans it up. Nobody else comes out here to clean this shit up. No, literally and, and figuratively. Literally, nobody else comes out here to clean this shit up. It's just me. Nobody helps. My wife definitely can't help now because she's Prego. Oh, That's a big, can't get this, one shot, oh, yeah, fucking peace mode, that was a, so there's straw on the ground, but obviously, I go in and I clean up, pick up, you know, scoop up the poo, and the pee and stuff, but, like, days like today, they've, been here all inside all day, and they've just pooped all over the place and peed all over the place, and it's gotten into the straw, so the straw gets heavy, and very, very fucking heavy, and hard to pick up. Uh, so, and then it's like I swear they fucking they'll, they'll come in here, especially the horse Rusty. Like he came in here the other day Looked right at me And fucking stood in the middle of the fucking stall And just pissed Like dude you have an entire Huge, two huge paddocks Why do you gotta pee inside here? Why do you gotta pee over here? Why can't you pee outside? You're making my life more difficult to fucking clean this stuff up They don't care They're just being animals But still Come on Hey like he looked at me and he's, like he, he's like he fucking knew he was like yep I'm gonna do this right here because I know you have to pick it up yeah I'm talking about you rusty he's always staring at me like he knows I'm talking about huh? so yeah yeah uh. I always just talk like I'm actually talking to somebody. Feels like that helps. So, you know, how was your day today? <laughs> My day was good. You know, we got got to do some more climbing today, and got to, you know, learn some more stuff. When I say things are like get easy for me, like I'm not even kidding, man. Like they fucking like. For instance, that work, like, I'm starting, obviously, from the bottom with barely any knowledge of how to do any of this shit, and, you know, where the first things that we start doing is building the antennas and changing the antennas out, but we have to do it on the ground, you know? We build this big, this big, like, triangle thing that you attach the antennas to on, on poles. It stand up tall like a mast. They call them the mast. They call it the mast. You know, and I had to do that stuff on the ground. You know, the first time I went out with this new crew, I had to go up and replace some uh, some radios, the things that control the antennas. You know, simple things. They were nice, easy, simple things. And I'm doing nice, easy, simple things that would be very hard to do in the air, on the ground. First, as my as like the first shit I do. And it's nice because I'm learning on the ground where I feel comfortable before I get up in the air and have to do this shit. So it's like, it's fucking really, really nice. I'm very, very fortunate. These are some of the first things that I'm doing. And I don't know if this is kind of like the same shit we'll do all the time. Uh, Fuck if I know. I'm always, I'm just new to this job. So, but it's, you know, it's nice. It's nice that the, first things I learned the things that I would be potentially doing in the air but I get to do them on the ground first so I can better understand it and I'm starting in the fucking spring you know when I can get a better feel for what my work is instead of doing it in the fucking dead of winter with fucking five gloves on freezing my ass off trying to figure out how to do shit you know this way I get it Get a grasp of what I'm doing in the summer, and then come winter, I'll feel more confident using having 15 fucking gloves on, 60 fucking layers, 200 feet in the air, trying not to freeze my ass off. You know, very, very fortunate. I like my job, I like my farm, I like my life. You know. There's some times when I don't like my life. But who the fuck, you know? You tell me every day, day in and day out, you like your life. There's something else going on there. You know. Sure you do like your life, yes. There's definitely times where you don't. Uh you Yeah, know, I definitely like my life a lot more if I had some fucking more money. I feel like that's what every fucking poor person says. Uh, wish I was rich. And rich people are like, you don't wanna be rich, you don't wanna have that constant worry that you're gonna somebody's gonna take your money. Like Rich How fuck fuck you. Of course I want to fucking be rich. Of course I want fucking money. I don't have to fucking worry about shit that fucking I have to worry about. You know? door doesn't stay open so I gotta tie it back so it stays open so they can go in and out of that paddock hi miss may hi pretty girl may's our uh our mini our miniature horse our mini horse oh I guess that's it well I guess that was it I guess you're only allowed an hour to do a full recording so we can end it there I'm pretty much done with cleaning up the barn so yeah Uh, until next time uh, friends or nobody or whoever's listening I don't think even anybody's listening it's whatever Uh, until next time we can meet again and uh, we'll talk some more probably the same shit I just talked about Uh, whatever I, I don't know I honestly don't know what I'm doing here All right, guys. Love you. Peace out. Bye.